This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Toby sitting in for uh, for Mark, who is apparently gone to beg for permission for something. Yeah. You got to ask the government permission for just about everything, and he wants to do right. something. <laughs> He's been looking to buy some property in the area here, and he apparently, in order to even buy the property, or I guess one of his, I guess his deal is contingent on being able to get all the necessary permits. He's going to need to do the things he wants to do to the property, and yeah. so in that whole permitting process, he has to go and he was stand ex- in front of some board of officious bureaucrats. He's explaining it to me, and to me, it just seems like hoops, hoops after hoops that he's jumping through. So. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. He told me the last time he was there that they had explained to him that, well, the reason we do all this is to keep all the riffraff out. And uh, so now he's got to go and spend hundreds. Of, he was having almost going to have to spend thousands of dollars having some sort of a site plan done which is some way for them to funnel money into their friends' mm-hmm. pockets, you know, the site survey guys. But I guess he ended up finding someone who would do it for only a few hundred dollars. So he was going to back out. Now he's back in, and I'm sure he'll tell us more when he gets here. Anyway, 800-259-9231. So he will be arriving, but probably pretty late. And I know last night we said that uh, we were going to talk about the fast food ban, and I do want to get to that, but we're going to hold that off uh, for hour number three when Mark arrives, because that's his story. And uh, so we will get there as well. 800-259-9231. Toby, did you hear the story about this uh, this driver Oh yeah. The uh, and the cop? Yeah, that's a pretty amazing video that I saw out there. It, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing video, but the audio is so bad that I, I can't play it on the air. And it bums me out, too, because the, the video is, is that amazing. But the, uh, the story is coming from thenewspaper.com. And it's interesting because the guy involved here, the kid, Brett Darrow, who's 20 years old, he has actually already been involved with a uh, a police encounter. Really? Yeah, there was a story a little while ago where he went up to a checkpoint, a DUI checkpoint, and basically was was a bit of a refusenik to the police. Mm-hmm. And he also videotaped that. So this is actually his second videotaped encounter with the police. Yeah, when I saw it, I wasn't sure if he might have some kind of involvement with some form, type of cop watch or something along those lines. The uh, the Google video that he posted, and again, we'll post this over, I think it's probably already on our BBS. If you go to bbs.freetalklive.com, you'll be able to find this. But the video that he posted has a link directly to copwatch.net, which is a forum, essentially, for cop watchers. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely connected. Uh, anyway, the story from thenewspaper.com is a motorist who refused to discuss his personal business with a St. George, Missouri police officer was threatened with arrest last Friday. Brett Darrow, who's 20, no stranger to unconventional encounters with the police, caught a St. George police sergeant named Kenline, stating he had the power to invent charges and put Darrow behind bars. Sergeant Kenline yelled, and he did a lot of yelling in oh, this yeah. video. Was pretty and swearing. Right, pretty lengthy. He says, try and talk back to me again. I bet I could say you I bet I could say you resisted arrest or something. You want to come up with something? I can come up with nine things. And he referenced that at least twice in yep. the video. It's very scary. The fact that he's just got this repertoire as a as a cop and we've known this. We've talked about it plenty of times on this show. 
where if the cops see you doing something they don't like, but it's not illegal, whatever it is you're doing, that they'll just make up some of these nine charges yeah. that they can just throw at you and claim, well, you're being disobedient or you're being uh, d- disruptive or disorderly and you're not following the order of a law enforcement officer. Or, you know, these are some of the ones... A whole that, riffraff of them they can choose from. Right. He didn't run down the nine... I would like to have heard him go well, down he, the he list of nine of things. He said, he? he said, I could pull you over for not... you. I could charge you for not using your blinker coming in here or mm-hmm. I could... You were swerving on the road and he said some things, but... And nothing real huge that he brought up. The incident apparently began at around 2 a.m. when Darrow was to meet a friend who was working late and was going to pick him up. He headed toward a 24-hour commuter parking lot in an unincorporated part of St. Louis County in his 1997 Nissan Maxima. He put on his turn signal and entered the lot, which, aside from Kenline's cruiser, was essentially vacant. After stopping the car, the police officer approached and began questioning Darrow about what he was doing. When Darrow declined to discuss his personal business, the police sergeant exploded. Although the video clearly shows Darrow driving properly and using his turn signal, the police officer insisted that Darrow had broken the law. Now, I didn't realize this because I didn't, I don't know, maybe I didn't notice it or something like that. I haven't really watched the entire video. I watched the beginning and I watched the end because it's 13 minutes long. Uh, but I didn't see the police officer when, when he pulled in. So he must have been a different part of the parking lot. I, I saw him. Well, I saw Did a you? police car that he drove by in the very beginning of the movie. Uh, oh, okay. The video. Well, so so he knew that there was a cop in the lot. It's not I think like that's he when was, he turned on his camera or something. Probably right. It's not like when, uh, it's not like he was sneaking around or mm-hmm. something, right? So if you're going to, because the cop was accusing him of... Or he was saying that, well, there's car thieves that come to this lot he, at night. He listed some of the most ridiculous stuff. <laughs> He's like, we don't want you to kill... I went into, uh, you You might kill yourself if you're alone in this parking lot. We're looking out for yeah. you. Or uh, well, It's absurd. <laughs> Look, if, if I'm coming into a place to do whatever, let's say I'm going to do something criminal... And there's a cop sitting there as I pull into the lot. <laughs> I go think, away. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a phone call to whoever it is I was going to meet and, uh, you know, reset the location to somewhere else. I'm not going to go and do my drug deal or whatever <laughs> it is that he's thinking was going to happen right in front of a cop. I mean, it's just crazy. So, uh, and the funny thing is he didn't, the, the, apparently the cop at one point even noticed the video camera, but still continued to be belligerent and rude. Well, he, he was convinced that he was right. I, I guess. guess so. Sergeant, I don't know. Sergeant Kenline said, Oh, while you were coming towards me, you were swerving back and forth within the roadway. I might give you a ticket for that. You want me to come up with some more? When you turned in, you failed to use your turn signal, your right turn signal. Without the video, Darrow points out that he would have stood no chance disproving the officer's word in court. 28% of St. George municipal, uh, St. George's municipal budget comes from traffic citations. And Darrow wonders how many of the tickets have been legitimate. He says, looking into this guy's eyes, he was crazy. I was really scared he was going to assault me. I just wonder how many other people have been arrested on these charges. After ordering Darrow against the car and searching him, Sergeant Kenline released the motorist. And then, of course, there's the video with... there. The transcript is here, so we could do a, a reenaction if we wanted to. Uh, <laughs> Some of the seven words you can't say on the radio. This and cop, quite a right. bit. He was quite vulgar. On, yeah, on the part of the cop. The <laughs> yeah, kid wasn't. The kid was perfectly the fine. He was. He was very polite, actually. A lot more. He held his temper very well. This kid has got some cojones oh, yeah. as well. I mean, to be, 
to, to be able to drive into an empty lot with a police car sitting there and roll a camera all by yourself is that's that's some courageous stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know what state what state was this in? Missouri. I don't know if what their wiretapping laws are like there, but Must be pretty light. Uh, because he didn't did he I don't think he informed the cop. I no, think the cop just noticed mm-hmm. the camera. Well, yeah, he if I don't know what the laws are like there, but if that was in a lot of states that could be wiretapping law recording maybe, without their consent. Maybe the cop didn't know what the laws were like and that's why he didn't <laughs> jump on him for that because this is an amazing, uh, amazing footage, and the reason we can't really play the audio is because there's, first of all, it's not very good at many points, and secondly, there's this uh, clicking yeah. throughout I, the entire thing. I read that somewhere that that was the radar gun of the police officer had he left it on, and so... Right, I think it was the radar detector clicking like and detecting the radar okay, from the yeah. cop, or something like that. But nonetheless, I thought it was an important story to bring to you. And, of course, if you go to bbs.freetalklive.com later tonight, we'll have this posted in my show prep links, yeah. and you'll be able to view it for There's yourself. There's some amazing stuff on there. The cop says, if you take your bad day out on a police officer, we will ruin your life. I mean, just, just for one little thing, they'll ruin your whole life. And they I don't... I don't know if he got the update on this one. Luckily, there there is some positive news coming out of this. He's been suspended without pay for a while. The cop has. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, oh, that's good. Some good news. They got over 300 complaints yesterday alone. <laughs> All we need to do is make it affordable for everybody to have a video camera in their cars, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll be a little bit more safe uh, from these marauding police officers. I thought we were supposed to be worried about being safe from vandals and uh, violent people and murderers and rapists. Instead, now we have to protect ourselves from the cops, too. It's a brave new world. Is it supposed to be this way? More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, including archives and entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your downloading convenience, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z.org. Since we're talking cops... And cops that are out of control. I've had a story that's been burning up my email box for a couple of months now. And it's it's a little bit lengthy. But uh, you and I, we like talking about these things. Don't oh, yeah. We usually get into one cop story. It leads into another. And now, <laughs> there's enough out there. Now, the last story we just finished telling you about was a video that you can actually see. Uh, again, it's, it's going to be on our BBS later tonight. I think it's already there. You have to look for it a little bit. Uh, where a kid drove into an abandoned, uh, 20, supposedly a 24-hour commuter parking lot in the middle of the night. And he happened to have a video camera in the car. In fact, he says later in the video that he has multiple cameras in right. his car. <laughs> wow. And he recorded the entire encounter with a police officer who was out of his mind, yelling and cursing and threatening. And uh, it was just a, a sick display of a, a power freak. And unfortunately, he's not the only one. This one um, happened in Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport, or actually just outside of it. And this time, uh, one cop decided he was going to harass a man on a bicycle. A man on a bicycle who appears to be 
kind of the hippiest sort of dude. He's got his website's all green, and uh, in fact, the, the site the website is called Green Cycles. So obviously, this is one of those kind of guys. He he doesn't look like a very dangerous individual. He looks like a middle aged hippie kind of guy. He doesn't really even have long hair. He's just in just looks like a guy who. I don't know. That's that's my best way of describing the dude. Someone, if you were a police officer, looked like an an easy target, maybe a little shakedown yeah. <laughs> operation. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, and so that's apparently what attempt uh, what the police attempted to do here. He says that uh, the guy who says this is his blog, so he's telling the story. He says I was leaving uh, MSP Airport by bicycle after a flight from California. I was legally operating my bicycle completely in accord with uh, Minnesota statutes and. The airport ordinances. I was following all posted signs. There were no signs at that time prohibiting bicycles. I was rudely accosted by an officer in a passing squad car, came to a stop, and was immediately threatened with mace and a taser if I didn't get off the bike and up on the curb. Wow. Now, I didn't understand the reason for this outrage. I calmly yet firmly protested the threats and said that I was happy to abide by all the laws that applied, but asked what I had done wrong and why the process was so immediately belligerent. Officer Wingate said, You can't ride here. I asked where that was posted. Because if you want people to not ride somewhere, you should tell them mm-hmm. in advance. For instance, uh, Julia and I were driving, or not driving, but we were riding our bikes around town here in Keene recently, and... We we weren't sure if you could ride your bicycles on the state roads. Right. Because I know you, you can't ride your bike on the interstate. There's those signs when you first get on. It says no bikes, no exactly. horses, no hitchhiking. So I said, well, there are no signs, so I think we could probably get away with it. And we thought about doing it. We figured, well, maybe we'll do it next time because we had somewhere to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you'd think that if, indeed, you wanted to control certain things, you would let people know about them. Right. Apparently, the government in... Um, St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul is just going to tell people with a cop every time someone's violating their rules. Oh, that'll work. I mean, there are places where you're not supposed to uh, ride your bike on, say, the sidewalk or something, different rules, and they post those usually when it's applicable. So the officer uh, made a vague gesture once he was asked where the sign was. Uh, He made a vague gesture back toward the Lindbergh terminal, angrily said, back there. I asked for specifics of where it was and what the sign said and tried to explain that I'd been to the airport many times and had never seen such a sign. Officer Wingate became more angry at this questioning of his authority and burst out, I'm telling you, you can't ride here. I never raised my voice or used profanity or made threatening gestures, yet I was threatened again. I'm going to mace you and I'm going to tase you. I told... He's not He's not bowing down to the authority yet. He's yeah. supposed to be like a good little boy, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'll get out of here, I'll never do it again. That's what a lot of cops do nowadays, and that they have the, the, the non-lethal weapon of the taser. Mm-hmm. They use it to back up their threats. So if you don't do fill-in-the-blank, I will tase you. Yeah, and uh, tasering hurts. It's not pretty. Have you been tased? <laughs> oh, I'm a, yeah, my friend had a taser, and he... Used it you guys a little experimentation. Yeah, it's not very. It doesn't feel very good. How, how long did you get it held on you for? I I did the five seconds. That's what Ooh, the police wow. normally do. It, it puts you down. <laughs> did you uh, Did you pee yourself? No, I did. Like I didn't. I um, all my muscles tensed right up, and it felt wow. like my I, my fingers were gonna go through my fist. But that's intense. 
Uh, I told Officer Wingate he was being rude to me, and as I said that, I read his name clearly aloud off his shirt and asked to speak with his supervisor. At this, he took a step back and changed his tone for the better. He asked if I worked at the airport, and I said no, and explained that I'd just come in on a flight from California. He asked where I was going, which is something cops like to do. They like to ask you a bunch of personal questions for whatever reason. He said, uh, I said I was on my way to St. Paul to see my family. He asked how I planned to get there, and I explained my planned route that completely avoids the highway, using the service roads, connecting to the post road, and then the bike trails, and so and so so forth. Officer Wingate said, well, I see you've done your homework. Just this once, I'll let you ride out along here, referring to the one-way service road that parallels the main airport egress, but traveling against the marked flow of traffic, that and that connects wherever. Uh, I replied, okay, that's fine, but what do I do the next time I come to the airport because I don't want to go through this again? The notion I was even thinking of ever operating my bicycle again at the airport <laughs> brought, uh, brought back Officer Wingate's anger in full force. He thought he had it. He thought he was out. He thought he was in the clear. And that's a reasonable question. Yeah, of course. Well, if I'm not supposed to do it this way, how can I do it? You're supposed to be able to ask the cops questions so you can understand things better. Of course. Uh, and... So apparently that set him off again, and the cop said, No! You're going to walk your bike to Post Road. I asked what had changed all of a sudden. The one-way service road is rarely traveled. A walking cyclist is twice the width of a riding one, and with more limited control, and you would be on the road ten times longer. I stated that I saw no problem with doing what he had just said, as there was no traffic at all on the road. Officer Wingate then blurted, No! You're going to walk your bike back to the terminal and take public transportation. <laughs> so <laughs> He's got to pay for public transportation now. Right. The last order was clearly not in the interest of my safety, but was delivered in a vindictive and punitive way. I would have become a pedestrian, illegal, double the width of a normal cyclist, walking back against two to three lanes of oncoming traffic on the main airport egress road with no sidewalks, blind-walled curves allowing no margin of safe retreat from the road, so if some maniac is careening towards you, Mm -hmm. you can't run from them, and regular posts and pillars along the small curb that's there. I stated what was obvious. That's ridiculous. That would put me at risk. Officer Wingate then ordered me to get on my knees. I replied saying that that was absurd, that there was no bias for that, as I, uh, that there was no basis for that, as I wasn't doing anything threatening to him. I stated again, you're being rude to me, and I want to speak to your supervisor. Wingate then said, look, you're wasting our time. We're on a call. We were on a call to the Humphrey Terminal for a runaway teenage girl, and we would have been there by now. Why'd you waste your time <laughs> with this guy <laughs> if you're in a, on a call? Absurd. It's so hard to believe anything these cops say. There's more to the story on the way. We can take control. Uh, you can take control and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, including the wiki over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable 
uh, version of our website. So head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about and get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com and SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's SACL CAI, 1-800-544-6359. We're telling a story about a man on a bike. And he looks like a completely non-threatening, kind of middle-aged hippie dude. Uh, he loves his bicycle, obviously. That's his choice, mode mm-hmm. of transportation. Apparently, some cops don't really care that much for people riding bicycles. Mm-hmm. And one particular cop was having an, a, a, apparently a bad day or something like that. Well, he questioned his authoritile. <laughs> right. When this guy was trying to ride his bike home from the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport. And he was still on the airport grounds attempting to leave uh, through some, I don't know, what, some main road. He was on the side of the road biking. Where, where else can you bike? Mm-hmm. And he said there were no signs there prohibiting biking. The cop pulled over and began harassing him. At first, the cop uh, basically told him he couldn't do that, but that he would allow him to leave through a side road, through a back road or something like Just that. Just this one time. Um, and then as he... As the gentleman asked the cop, well, how could I avoid this trouble in the future? Because I ride a bike. I don't drive a car. That's how I get around. And then the cop blew up and said that he's going to have to take uh, public transportation home and blah, blah, blah. And then he told him to get on his knees after he continued to uh, to ask questions. And he said he wanted to talk to... Because the cop was being very vindictive, very mean, very rude. And so he said he wanted to talk to his supervisor... At which uh, which point, then the officer said, you're wasting our time. We were on a call to the Humphrey Terminal for a runaway teenage girl, and we would have been there by now, unquote. I completely agreed that it was a waste of time for everybody. <laughs> I noted that I was not being cited for any violation, nor told any statute that I had violated. I explained that I would follow the first and most reasonable safety-wise of the conflicting orders being given to me, and then said, I'm going to wish you both a good evening and hope the rest of it goes better than this has gone. I then got on my bike and began to leave. I was instantly and with absolutely no verbal warning whatsoever attacked from behind and thrown to the ground. I received wounds on my chin and arm. The impact put a new casing crack on my helmet. The glasses were thrown off by the impact. Uh, My glasses were thrown off by the impact and bounced several feet away. The bicycle continued to roll forward a few feet, coming to a stop in the center of the road. A gold van would later have to stop because the bike was crumpled in the middle of the one-lane road. Officer Wingate then came up behind me and jerked me up into a standing position. I I then heard him yell an order to Officer Bryant, shoot him! Officer Bryant then shot me with the taser. Oh man, he already had him though. I fell uncontrolled to the pavement for the second time, experiencing the full force of a weapon that can only be considered barbaric. He says there are many documented deaths by taser. For this reason, police departments don't consider it a non-lethal weapon, but a less lethal weapon. It was developed to be used in lieu of a gun as a, last, as a weapon of last resort when a person is seriously threatened. Needless to say, I didn't give permission for this to be used on me as part of this exercise, nor was I asked in advance if I had any medical history that could have led to my death. Only after the fact, in the hospital, was I asked of any medical history. Well, and... A taser gun, it's pretty scary. They they can are still classified as torture devices, so this, right. this non-lethal threat of force is, is still a torture device. So unless it's being used when someone's life is actually in danger, uh, it, 
shouldn't be used. The cops were clearly not in danger from this man. No. Uh, and as you said, they already had him in their hands when they decided to tase him. He's very he's just kind of a spindly, skinny dude, and it's not like he could have possibly have fought with one of these big goofs. And he's a biker. He he looks right. like a peaceful guy. As I lay on uh, lay still on the pavement, Officer Wingate walked over. This is after he was tased. Officer Wingate walked over to my glasses, which again were several feet away, according to him. That's where they fell after he got knocked off his bike by the cop. And the cop then smashed his glasses into the ground with his boot. Ooh. So again, they want to teach this guy a lesson. Yeah. I mean, how any of this was uh, could possibly be argued was necessary. I would love to know if somebody could take the cop's side on this story at 800-259-9231. I doubt we'll get a call in that uh, in that way. Reinforcements were then called in. Uh, I was handcuffed, body searched, and baggage searched. A total of four squad cars and a paramedic unit, uh, unit showed up. Don't they have a runaway girl to attend to? Apparently she's already <laughs> gone at this point. Officer Wingate said, well, you want to speak with my supervisor? Here he is. I then asked Sergeant Kars- Karsnia, what in the world is going on here? He also wanted to know from me what had happened, but I said, first, I'd like to speak to my officer, and then I'll get back to you. That's what he said. He had a private conversation with Officer Wingate, came back, and asked what had happened, but immediately interrupted me and said, look, I'll do the tucking here, because you try to take a swing at my officer. At this point, the collusion was clear. I then had no reason to believe that the brutality was over. As I stood on outbound road next to the squad car, handcuffed, I called out help to all passing traffic, hoping to draw attention to the situation and in hope of a witness. No cars would stop. When ironically asked to calm down, I explained to Sergeant Karsnia that I wanted a third party present as I no longer had reason to trust the police. At no time did I physically resist arrest. And he certainly didn't take a swing at the cop. Well, he walked away, and that's that's showing disrespect. And after, after being taken to the hospital, I was again in the squad car. At this point, Officer Wingate was calm. I asked him if he really thought that I was going to take a swing at him, and I think this caught him off guard, and he replied a bit hesitatingly and somewhat sheepishly that in police work, any gesture has to be interpreted as potentially aggressive. Even walking away? Apparently. In demonstration, he put his fist to his chest and said, you never know when someone could put their hand like this and then suddenly strike out. My California driver's license passed with flying colors. I have no criminal record and no recent moving violations. The Minnesota test also passed with no violations or adverse history of any kind. I was put in the Hennepin County Jail, and on the entry form, the box was checked that I should be detained without bail because I was, quote, likely to commit another crime. <laughs> like riding his bike home. Right. <laughs> no criminal history whatsoever. I, I was then just held without charges and without bail. The admission process was intentionally made to take over eight hours so I could legally be held through the long weekend to an arraignment on Monday. Everything was taken from me. I could only make collect calls to numbers I remembered. It was impossible with this arrangement to leave even a message on on uh, an answering machine. Police photographs were made that night of a series series of no uh, pedestrian crossing signs and a lone authorized vehicles only sign that's buried in the transit hub and not even visible from the road. That's the photo evidence against me. 24 hours later, I was released on a negotiated $2,000 bail, reduced from an intermediate $10,000 bail. $2,000 bail? Still? Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Sergeant Karsnia had now reviewed the CCTV video evidence and made a margin note ordering the video evidence from five cameras burned to disk. My personal uh, request for video evidence was never answered by the airport police. There are over 800 cameras at the airport, uh, blah, 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 so on and so forth. 
says I was kept in limbo for one month. Then they finally charged me with six counts, including a gross misdemeanor of obstructing legal process. In fact, I've got the listing of his counts because later on in his blog, he talks about how uh, he was found not guilty by a jury on almost every one of the counts. Then I'll go and read them for you. Obstruction of legal process, obstruction of legal process or arrest, failure to comply with a lawful order. That was the one that he was found guilty on. He is appealing that. Uh, Riding a bicycle opposite adjacent vehicle traffic, failure to obey official traffic control signal, and failure to travel in a correct direction on a one-way roadway. So in that earlier story we were talking about with the police saying, I can charge you with nine things right now and make them up, they really can. Well, this is only six of them, but these are six pretty much made-up charges. Just unbelievable stories. Uh, He says that... I think the underlying incident, it says that four months later, new signs prohibiting bicycles are then installed by the police without the knowledge of the Metropolitan Airports Council. It says, I think the underlying circumstance of the incident is clear. I later learned that the threatening officer, Officer Wingate, had taken his oath of office less than three years previously. The squad car driver had taken his oath of office less than three weeks before. To begin with, Officer Wingate probably doesn't like cyclists, and he was probably showing off to the younger recruit, using me as ready educational fodder. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. And you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features there are for free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go and shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link and you make a purchase, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of that purchase. Prices are the same great prices. Deals are the same on the free Super Saver shipping side. Lots of products qualify for that. Uh, it's, it's Amazon, the world's largest Internet retailer. It's just that if you enter through our portable uh, portal, Free Talk Live gets a percentage. So enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com anytime you want to do some online shopping. Just a few more thoughts on this case, and we're going to the phone calls here in moments. Uh, a few more thoughts on this case from GreenCycles.Blogspot.com blogger who is telling the story about his harassment at the hands of the Minneapolis St. Paul police as he was attempting to leave the airport on his bicycle. He was tackled off of his bicycle by a cop. Mm -hmm. Uh, His glasses were smashed purposefully underneath the boot of said cop, and he was tased. And after all, he was in custody, right, pretty much. Right, after they had him, and uh, all of this was over the fact that he was riding his bicycle. He was doing no Nothing wrong. There was no signage prohibiting from doing these things, and the cops were just out of control. Just his final thoughts on this. He points out that Officer Wingate, he was the really out of control cop. He says he probably doesn't like cyclists, and he was using uh, me as educational fodder, demonstrating to a new recruit of how immediate threats of violence can quickly force the compliance of a suspicious person. He became angry when I legally questioned the legitimacy of it all. Is this what his education taught him? Is this courtesy, respect, and professionalism? Hubris and unchecked authority are a volatile combination and and should have no place in a peace officer who has taken an oath to serve and protect. Well, I don't think he's a peace officer anymore. I don't I don't think there exactly. are peace officers anymore. Exactly. And this guy, uh, Mr. Stephen Orsack, the guy who writes the blog, that's the part that he doesn't understand, is that these cops 
while there there's the occasion when they will refer to themselves in that way at the higher levels you might be able to get an administrator to say that they're peace officers that's not what they are no they're law enforcement officers there's been a marked uh, marked shift in the the attitude the demeanor the way the police officers behave in this country over the last several decades and it's shifting away from the concept of a peace officer whose whose job it is is to keep the peace in that if there is someone who is disturbing the peace perhaps yelling at the top of their lungs at three in the morning in their neighborhood or starting a fight at the ne- nearby bar or yep. something that is very unpeaceful the peace officer's job is to be called out to the scene ascertain what's going on from the various different sides of the of whatever the argument or the conflict is mm-hmm. and of course if he called to the scene and there's some sort of violence going on obviously put a stop to it right um and to restore the peace it's not even necessarily a peace officer's job to go and throw people in jail cells. If you've got somebody who's being incredibly violent, obviously that's what you should do. But if you just have a belligerent drunk down at the, the local bar, you want to just remove him from the situation and ensure he doesn't go back that night. Right. In earlier days, it would be the job of the sheriff to do the arresting of people and um, the use of force against um, members of the public. Right. That's what I wish we had today. Not so much anymore. But it's not no, even close. It's We've, an us versus them mentality. It really is. They believe it's it's like they've got their own little gang, the Thin Blue Line gang, that they know they can get away with anything. We started out the show by talking about the cop that uh, harassed a kid in a car for being in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, just he threatened the kid that he could charge him with up to nine different things. He could just make up to charge him with. No peace officer has that ability. Peace officers can't do that. Law enforcement officers, on the other hand, their job is to arrest you and put you in a jail cell. Their job is to get as many tickets written as possible and to put as many people behind bars as possible. It doesn't matter what you were doing. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a good person or not. It doesn't matter what your history was. If they catch you breaking one of their precious laws, you're subject to arrest. And it's really an institutional problem. I mean, you don't get promoted by breaking up a... Uh, some kind of a squabble and letting people go. You get promoted by right. putting people behind bars and getting more people, uh, dangerous people off the street, not really dangerous people, but which, getting which people off the street. Also means that because of that fact that people are, the cops that are promoted are the ones that are putting people behind bars, means that the the worst cops are the ones that get promoted. Because mm-hmm. the good cops that are out there, you know, pulling over some kids for speeding and he finds marijuana or whatever, so he sees a joint in the ashtray and just tells the kid to throw the joint out the window and you can go on your way. Or or a cop that, uh, for instance, there was one night when I was younger that we were driving, a couple of my friends and I were driving back to to their house. They were a little bit drunk. I hadn't been drinking at all. So I was driving them home. They had a uh, six-pack of beer in the back of the, uh, the truck that I was driving at the time. Mm-hmm. And a cop found that after he pulled this over for some speeding thing or whatever, and he just made the kids dump the beer out. Really? And he let us go on the way. Well, that's really... So, he saw that there was a responsible person taking helmet yes. the wheel and decided to, in my mind, do the right thing. But exactly. I've heard that story go the other way many times. So it's the cops like him... That they don't have those arrest records. They don't have those numbers that they're looking for in order to get the promotions. It's the good cops like him that are good, that are destined to stay at the lower levels of the force, while the bad cops, the more corrupt cops, are the ones that rise to the ranks. Right. So there's serious problems in the uh, the policing systems here in this country. And there are some easy solutions, of course. 
And that is to get back to the the peace officer mentality, to get rid of all of these absurd, nonviolent, consensual crimes, marijuana and alcohol and, uh, you know, drug possession, gambling, riding your bicycle at the airport. I mean, these things that, that don't harm anybody else. Cops shouldn't be out harassing people over these things. Of course, if that actually were to change, then maybe people would start appreciating the police again. Maybe people would stop calling them names like pig. Maybe mm-hmm. people wouldn't be deathly afraid of the police when they were being stopped. It could all change, but people have to want that, especially the cops. And I think uh, the, the police departments are currently made up of a bunch of violent fellows who um, just are looking for the easy excuse to harass or beat or uh, mess with people. I don't want to point paint all police officers like that, but it is definitely they are out there. There's enough of them out there that it they don't make me happy when I see a police car pull behind nope. me. Before I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I get scared whenever I am around police officers. I do too. It's because they can do whatever they want to me, and in many cases they will. So. Be safe out there, and uh, don't hesitate to uh, to share your stories with us of your police encounters, especially if you've had a good one. There are the occasional good stories. 800-259-9231. But otherwise, we're going to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Chris in Indianapolis. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind, Chris? Um, I was wanting to do a little bit of advocation. Uh, I was wanting to advocate for Mark to get a raise. Mark, uh, no, he doesn't need a raise. He gets paid 90% on every check he brings in. Oh, Okay, well, Why would you want Mark to have a raise? I mean, did you even know that? Uh, I, I knew he made, like, a lot, but, I mean, couldn't he make more? Well, he can make more when he brings in more checks. See, <laughs> he gets paid on a commission basis. There's no flat fee um, for Mark. He's not uh, – if he doesn't bring me any checks in a month, he doesn't get paid anything. So <laughs> he's the sa- his job is to be the salesman for the show, and the more checks he brings in, the more money he makes. The raise is in his hands? Right. It's all in his hands. Now, of course, there's only so much money he can make off of the show in its current form because we're only on 30 stations, or we will be on 30 stations by uh, midpoint next month. And, uh, you know, we only have X amount of Internet listeners, and so there's only a certain amount that our commercials can be worth. But the more stations we get on board, the more the commercials theoretically will be worth, the more he'll make. So over time uh, and with effort, Mark will get paid more. Though, of course, once he reaches a certain point, his commission level actually gets cut down to, I think, 60%, which is still – that's you can't find a sales job with commission like that. Oh. Have, have you ever done sales? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah, you're looking at, in the radio business, if you're making 25%, yeah, that's about right. Um, so the idea that I'm even offering 60% is incredibly uh, incredibly reasonable, and 90% is just amazing. Oh, I'm just trying to look out for Mark, though. I pre- I'm sure he appreciates that. <laughs> Anything else, Chris? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I do, would like to talk about something else. Um, okay, certainly. The 9-11 truthers. Um, oh, no. Don't tell I me you're one of them. I Well... I, uh, I'm a 9-11 truther just the same as you're an anarchist. I mean, you don't like to, you know, to be called an anarchist. And okay. I, I don't believe in, like, I don't believe in all of it, or not even, I don't even believe in, like, 10% of it. Um, okay. But uh, the whole thing, like, I don't know, you say that, that they don't get anything done, and, like, I, I think it kind of, uh, they, they're all about basically the same thing that, that you are as far as, like, Getting, uh, just getting rid of the government and... No, I haven't seen that from them. Maybe some of them are that way, but based on the things that I see online, 
it seems that what they want to do is get rid of this administration. They mm-hmm. don't have any sort of hatred or uh, dislike towards government in general. They certainly distrust the government, but at the same time, they also want the government to bring itself up on charges. They really look kooky, too. Yeah, you, you can explain that if you want to hang through the news. Hang on, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and you, as always, can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And I'm so pleased. All of our callers held through the news break. It's so rare that that happens. We will get to every single one of you. Hang through. uh, But we've got to go back to the phones first and talk again with Chris in Indianapolis. Now, Chris, a few moments before the, uh, the news break there, you were telling us that you can Consider yourself a 9-11 truther, but at the same time, you are not as, I guess, forthcoming with that information when you're talking with others. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I just don't, um, I don't believe, I don't believe in the hardcore stuff, you know, like the lizard people and all that. Um, (laughs) The closest, the closest thing that I would believe in would be the Building 7 issue, and that's legitimate. I believe that's legitimate. Um. Just That's certainly a, a questionable thing. Now, you know, I've said before that I've I've been entertained by the theories. I've watched the videos, so I'm very familiar with what yeah. they have to say. I'm I'm the same way, and it's just uh, these people who believe in this. They mm-hmm. don't first first and foremost, they don't believe what their governments told them. You know, like from the the, the JFK assassination. Uh, you know, it's, it's obvious he was shot from the front. I mean, it's just obvious to anybody who has a brain. Well, I think it's good. I mean, that's a that's a healthy skepticism. But at the same time, the problem with many 9/11 truthers is they also, uh, instead of disbelieve, okay, it's great to disbelieve everything the government says. That's a safe thing. That's a safe bet. If the government's speaking, they're probably lying. Yeah, usually. Uh, but the problem is they believe everything that the 9/11 truth advocates say. So that's they they true. don't apply the same level of skepticism. Many of them to the people that are saying the things that they want to hear. And that's that's confirmation bias. It's something that affects most everybody in life. And it's just unfortunate that uh, these people, uh, they, they aren't as skeptical when it comes to the counterclaims. Well, that's not true. I mean, I, like me, I, I, don't, I don't believe in everything. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that most don't. Um, you know, yeah, you have the, the vocal minority who's who they believe in it all and they buy it all, and that's just ridiculous. If mm-hmm. you know any any way you look at it. But, all right, what do you want, Chris? I mean, you, it's obvious that uh, you aren't as uh, infected as many of the 9/11 truthers. But what is your end game? What is your goal with this uh, with their movement? What do you think end, should happen? The end is when it comes down to bloody revolution. Now, I know you don't like violence, but if it happens, there's not going to be a lot you can do about it, and. It will be the freedom advocates and those who do not want government. They will be fighting alongside with these 9-11 truthers who believe what they want to believe, but everyone is toward the same goal of just getting rid of the government that lies to them constantly. And, I mean, it's, just, it's, uh, it's the same movement 
And well, first of all, I'd like to point out that uh, I'm not working towards violent revolution. Um, yeah. I don't think Toby is either. No, I think that we can get rid of the gov- the size of the government without any violence. Right. And I, I have to say that I'm glad that a lot of the 9-11 people are on the side of doing something positive in the way that they're promoting Ron Paul. And they're sort of, that's looking into the future. That's doing something yeah. that, that really could make a difference. Whereas clamoring for a new trial or a new investigation isn't going to get them anywhere. But at the same time, doesn't it paint Ron Paul with this kind of a, a wacky brush when yeah. the guy with the 9-11 He's going to be painted is... with a wacky brush anyway. <laughs> I mean, he's Ron Paul, and people are going to... I mean, the, the establishment is going to try to paint him with whatever sorts of brushes they, they can get away with. Well, that's and true. you can't... When you're running for political office, you can't pick who supports you. I mean, if Tom in New Hampshire decides to get behind you, what can you do about that? Mm-hmm. See, one time you spoke of, Ian, uh, that you, in the Libertarian Party, you don't like uh, infighting, like... Divisions. Oh yeah, and it seems to me like that's kind of what's going on with like the the, the 9/11 truthers and like the the Liberty people. Uh, you know, well the like problem the distance, problem is so the bad. 9/11 truthers are one trick ponies for the most part. Now there are exceptions. Okay, I, I've got to make it clear there are a number of 9/11 truthers that have moved up to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. But the thing about them is they're not out there pounding 911 truth all the time. They're out doing other activism. They're out there doing uh, they're they're atta- they're attacking issues. They're doing things that are moving in a more positive direction. And only if you talk to them for long enough will they start talking to you about their beliefs on the 9-11 thing. Um, well, so the majority of the people here, at least, that's a sideline issue for them. They may believe it vehemently, but at the same time, they're not out with a megaphone in the streets shouting at people. Right. When I was in college, I had uh, some friends who were 9-11 truthers, and it's not they weren't advocating freedom. They were just advocating uh, Democrats to get the Republicans out and put the Democrats in right. and keep all the same powers that this administration's created. It's just we need different people. And what makes... Anyone think that the next administration is going to be any different? It isn't. Exactly. Exactly. So, so what most of them seem to want is unattainable. The idea of another investigation or an independent investigation of the administration being brought up by charges uh, by its by itself or by another administration or whatever, as though it's not as though it's going to make a difference or fundamentally change anything about government. I think they've fooled themselves. And at the same time, you'll also find a number of them that believe that well, the borders are wide open and we need the government to shut down the borders. Wait, isn't that the same government that's uh, (laughs) corrupt and hopeless, uh, hopeless to change? Anyway, it's, I think a lot of them are just confused. They're very emotional about the one issue that they care about, and I'd like to see them expand their horizons beyond just this one issue. Chris, any other thoughts? Uh, well, it's just that uh, the uh, protesting, I mean, the 9-11 truthers, they, out with the bullhorns and stuff like that, I mean, that's, that's protesting, that's civil disobedience anyway. And, you know, you say that they don't ever do anything except, like, call in and talk shows and stuff, but... I mean, well, they did mean, make Geraldo look like a fool recently, and that was kind of fun. I did see that. I did see that video. Did you see this one, Toby? No, I where didn't see that one. Geraldo was in New York City doing some sort of Fox News live broadcast, and I guess the 9/11 Truth crowd was down there for a September 11th something or other, and they uh, they found out that Geraldo was going to be on stage, so they went and they surrounded the stage with all of their signage, and they were chanting and yelling, and uh, <laughs> and it was funny because Geraldo called them communists. And anarchists at the same at the time, same time. Nice. right? And of course they're not; they're just a group of 9/11 guy, uh, guys. But uh, it pretty it was pretty amusing seeing all that happen, and that's cool and everything. And I and I'm glad they did that. But what did that get them? Well, I mean, like, what did yeah Gandhi? I mean, what what honestly, what did that guy do? 
you know, everyone touts him as being this great, peaceful activist that did something, but... You know, in India right now, they still have an oppressive government, the exact yeah. same as our own. That's fine, I, and good point. Um, I, I feel like, I'm sure some people feel like he made a difference, and he set a, a good example to show that civil disobedience can be effective um, if you have a goal to work towards. It's just that I disagree with their goal. So I'm glad they went out and they did that civil disobedience. I think that's great, and I was very amused by that by that particular video. I just don't agree with where they're going. I don't agree with what they're, what they're promoting and what they're touting. So when they get on the air on Free Talk Live, I want to separate myself as much as possible from them. I try to be understanding. I try to, you know, let them know that I'm at least open-minded to all of this, that I'm not a I'm not a hater. I don't hate the 9/11 truth people. I just think they're misguided. Like uh, like, you know, the cops that beat people are misguided as well. Um, um not that they're like cops, but you see what I'm, <laughs> where, where I'm coming from. Anyway, Chris, I'm glad you called in and I'm glad we had this conversation and I appreciate that uh, that you're out there listening and and that you're uh, one of the more sensible, I think, representatives of that particular movement. I think there's a lot more like me. I think you're right about that, and I think that the other unfortunate side of this is you always hear from the, the, the more uh, zealotous ones. You mm-hmm. always hear from the ones that are a little more fanatical, like the Paulas in Florida <laughs> Paula, that are sitting yeah. around her fax machine waiting for you know waiting to get her next newsletter so she can tell us who's really controlling the world. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff that is just... It's it's kind of the world of well crazy people and so you got to be very careful to separate yourself from them and I think you've done that effectively Chris thanks for the call we appreciate it eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one you know when you're around the uh, the zealotous nine eleven guys I don't I don't know about you Toby I don't want to be around them oh they just got, go spouting off and it really depends how far down the rabbit hole you want to go and right. talking to some of them they go pretty deep uh, with the along with the lizard people and all this other stuff. Um, my main point on it is even if I knew, like I thought there was proof and I'm a 9-11 truther, it's not the best way to win people over on the side of liberty to point out nope. some conspiracy because there's plenty of examples that right. the, of the government doing wrong that they're actually proud of. It's out in the open. Well, because you have the problem is you would have to prove the conspiracy before you could get them to even get on board with you. Right. And the conspiracy is so questionable and it's it's. It's a conspiracy theory because there's not a lot of hard evidence, and so therefore you really just have to cross your fingers and hope that someone's going to believe what you're saying and then come come on board with you. Uh, but that's that's quite a process, whereas what we're doing is we're just talking about liberty and freedom with concrete, real-life issues. These are, you know, real news reports, real stories, real tangible things that are that people can touch, they can relate to. People can't relate to some vast conspiracy theory. But they can relate to the idea of, well, if we cut government down to size, I'd have a lot more money in my pocket, mm-hmm. and boy, how would that make my life better? Got to sell it benefits. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com, the place to go. The features for free. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Continuing with your phone calls, let's go to David in Ohio. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello? David? David in Ohio? 
going once. David in Ohio going twice. Yeah, hello? Hi, David. Hi. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, I was just listening to your podcast, and you're reviewing uh, Osama bin Laden's uh, transcript. Yes, uh, from the tape that was released last week, or uh, late last week, yes. Yes, and then I was actually listening to it today, and by coincidence, it's 9-11. And so I recently discovered a very, very interesting point on Islam. I've actually been reading the Koran, which I recommend people read. I mean, I don't believe a word of it, but it obviously is having a huge influence on many people and on us, so it's good to know what's in that book. Okay. And the point that's often made is, you know, like you guys know, there's critics, you know, Ron Paul's, you know, we've had troops in Saudi Arabia, and how would you like it if, you know, if China had troops in here? It'd be an outrage. I think that's a great point. But there's actually a lot more to it than that. Okay. When I actually read the Koran, there is... Um, I know, I'm surprised this has never been brought up before by any, anyone I've heard. It has a, you know, lots of commandments, and one it repeats several times is that a Muslim should not, should not have guardians that are non-Muslims. Whether it's, you know, you have, you're a Muslim shop owner and you hire some store security, mm. or you, you know, you have a police force. And when U.S. troops are defending Saudi Arabian oil fields, that actually violates a, a very strong commandment of their religion. Interesting. And so that's, I mean, I can't, Christianity doesn't have very many edicts on how you relate to other people. Islam has a lot of rules on how you interact with non-Muslims, and, mm-hmm. and most of them are basically try to separate yourselves from them, um, you know, and don't, don't really harm them unless they interfere with you. But this is one where it says you should not have this, and so I think that helps explain more deeply a level of understanding of, of why... Uh, right, not only is it wrong that they're being occupied, it's also it's also against their religion. Yeah, it'd be like trying time. to open up a pork shop in Israel. You know, it's yeah. just not kosher. It just violates their, their rules of their religion. And uh, I mean, that's kind of a flippant example, but just to you know, kind of make a point there. Right, so it would have been offensive enough had they just been occupied by a, by a foreign military, yeah. but it's extra offensive because it contradicts their religious teachings. Yeah, and, and their religious teachings say that when you know, the non-Muslim um, violates your religion, then you're at liberty to react with violence back at them. And, and that, of course, Christianity's done the same thing in, in some of its darker periods, like the Dark Ages and sure. you know, Crusades and so forth. But, um, and, and I think it also helps explain why 15 of the hijackers are Saudis, is, is they're seeing this, religious, this violation of their religion in their own country would be, be much more inflammatory to them, perhaps, you know, than, than other... Uh, Muslims in the area. Interesting point, and thank you for bringing that up. Any other thoughts? No, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to bring some awareness to this. And, you know, again, uh, I guess one last point is, um, I guess uh, something I encourage people to do is, uh, it's, it's a hard book to read because it's long, but, um, you know, you can find free audiobooks of the Bible, which I don't believe a word of either, yeah. <laughs> um, and the Koran, you know, online. And it's it's interesting to read these things because they, they, whether you, I encourage people to read them, it probably would give you a little more TV. insight into uh, you know their mindset than would listening to the commentators on Fox News, for yeah. instance. It, yeah, if you get an audio book, you can hear it on your iPod, on your on your car commute, um, and and I don't encourage you to not believe a word of it. But you know, yeah, well, either way, it. either way, I'll take your word for it because I certainly don't have time to read the Quran. So thanks for singling that out, David, and bringing it forth. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one makes sense. Yeah, and yet we're told over and over again by the the. Bit talking heads that it's our freedoms that they hate. Total and lie. And not because we're occupying their countries or holding up their kings as um, governing them or for this or that. It's so sad that Americans are falling for that. That Americans... Still. 
they they should know better. They should know by now that when the government is speaking, it's probably lying. When government people talk, they're not telling the truth. Um, but for some reason, when life and death becomes involved, then all of a sudden they believe that the government that formerly was always lying is now all of a sudden telling the truth. I mean, you should you should be immediately skeptical uh, skeptical of any claims that government representatives make and. The fact is, if you actually go and you look at what Osama bin Laden has said in his various speeches, I was reviewing one from a couple of years ago uh, the other night, and he was talking about the, the whole claim of, well, we hate your freedoms. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, if we hated your freedoms, why wouldn't we be attacking, say, Sweden, for instance? <laughs> Another very westernized culture yeah. that has plenty of freedom uh, as far as, you know, you can do things that uh, probably would be sexually prohibited in uh, Islamic countries and that sort of thing. And uh, he pointed out, we're not attacking them. Hmm. Maybe it's because they don't have military guys in our uh, in our streets. If it's the freedoms the terrorists are going after, well, I guess they're winning because we've lost we've a lot lost of freedoms since uh, 2001. Exactly. Let's continue with the phone calls. Talk to Jason in Ohio. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, not a lot. I um had a few things to talk about. I was listening to you guys early, earlier talk about um, the police officer. And uh, how uh, crazy he was being about making up all the laws and everything. Yeah, they're out of control. They they are. And, you know, I, I recently saw um, a video with Barry Cooper. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Oh, he, we've he, had Barry on the show. In fact, you can hear our oh, inter- really? Yeah, you can hear our interview with him. If you go to guests.freetalklive.com, you find his picture and you can uh, pull up the interview through that. Uh, but, yeah, Barry Cooper at nevergetbusted.com. Great video. Uh, yeah. the, the purpose of the video is to help educate People who are probably marijuana smokers, but many other drug users, I guess, on how to hide their marijuana, how to conceal uh, in their vehicle their marijuana. I think some of the the, uh, the advice there was, you know, it's pretty standard, but at the same time, even I, who consider myself pretty well-versed in the, the world of the war on drugs, even I learned a few things from that video. Uh, but I'm sorry, oh, go, yeah. ahead with your, go ahead with your point. Well, it was um, it was very uh, interesting, and I've seen the video. One thing about the video that... Um, I did feel was a little misleading to people was the fact that um, was the guy the guy said no you can't search my car and the policeman turned around and said oh okay good day and walked away but really what would happen was he'd call in a uh, you know a dog and you'd get searched and if you smell anything uh, around the car well then there you go you're busted but I recently saw a video um, he did an interview with Mark Emery. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went into detail about uh, his his video and um, Mark Emery. Mark, excuse me. Mark Emery brought up the point that that usually doesn't happen. That a cop would usually call a dog in. Right. And Barry Cooper agreed and said that if if um, a person does have a small amount of marijuana in their car and it's hidden in a very great place, the best thing to do is let a police officer actually search your car. That was the point, and that was we actually hashed that out with Barry as well, because that was my major point of disagreement on his video. Um, and we, we had that same conversation with him on Free Talk Live, where he made it very clear that he was only referring, when he said you're not supposed to, when he said you should allow a search, he, he was only referring to if you have a very small amount of marijuana, like a joint's worth, hidden in a very concealed location. Anything more than that, you should absolutely refuse a search. And I still personally advocate refusing a search every single time uh, that they ask. And thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. We've got the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones and to the fun, you bring up what you want. It's Will in Hawaii. You're on the amplifier line, Will. Hello there. Hey, guys. I just wanted to comment on a story you guys had brought in last night about a German town that where they decided to take down all traffic lights and traffic signs in the town. That's correct. All road markings, traffic lights, stop signs, that sort of thing have been removed. I forget the name of the town, but uh, it's uh, something that apparently has also been done in a small city in the Netherlands as well. Right. Um, I, I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, I can see both pros and cons to it in certain circumstances. But right. For those just tuning in, I mean, you can comment here in a moment just to, to explain for those that weren't there last night. Uh, the basic concept is that when you put up all the, the signage and all these warnings and the safety devices, that people just simply drive less safe. They are more careful in the absence of those devices. At least that's what some studies have shown, and that's the theory behind removing the signs. Go ahead with your thoughts. Right. So I guess my point was that, uh, you know, even though it's interesting and, you know, might be good or might be bad, really I think it's an indicator of just the problem of this, uh, the fact that government is in control of the roads, this top-down one-size-fits-all idea right. where government in a whatever location decides, you know, this is how we're going to do it. You know, one day it's you have the lights, and now we're going to switch to all no, no lights, no signs or anything. Um, whereas if it were, were private, I mean, if they're private roads, some road owners might decide um, to try out this system, or some might stick with, you know, the the more conventional system. That's a great and, point. I mean, you're pointing out that uh, at least there's some sort of level of uh, tr- they're testing something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. a, but what you're saying though is though if there if there were no government roads or we had a lot more private roads, then all of these things would have been tested a long time ago instead of having to wait for some little town in Europe to to try to implement the system uh, town-wide, you would say, you would say that uh, the private companies, they might try it on one of their streets to see how well it worked and then expand out from there, and, and that, that could have happened uh, two decades ago. Right, and then, yeah, the marketplace would pretty much decide which, which way is best. Yeah, and like you said, it would, might work well in certain circumstances, but not in others. I mean, I can, I can see that how it would make people more careful, but uh, traffic lights are, are definitely... It's something that makes you know makes traffic more efficient. If if every intersection didn't have a traffic light, and I assume at that intersection everybody would have to stop, and it would be assumed stop signs, then you'd have all these busy intersections where you'd have to stop every. Yeah, it would be impossible. Which, I mean, I would. I mean, it 
having more than one lane on each side would be really confusing. Um, right. Here in Keene, they were doing some some work on uh, one of the main drags, and they had a stop sign set up that was a stop sign for the main street, which has two lanes going each way, and the other the other road that was intersecting was just one lane uh, going each way. So the two lanes it was very awkward because the rule when you go up to a stop sign is whoever stops first gets right. to go first. But then you've got uh, people sitting next to you, and so you can't really see what the people on the other side are doing. It was a mess. Yeah, oh, people... yeah, I could see how that would be really awkward. <laughs> I yeah. mean, but we got through it, but... Well, people are just starting to figure it out now that the stop sign's gone. They're, they're stopping right. now and figure it out. But, yeah, some street signage is definitely important, and it's difficult to say what is needed and what's not because, like... The caller brought up, we don't have the marketplace, we don't have the sample out there to really tell sure. which signs we need and which ones we don't. And nor does government have the incentive to care about what works best. It doesn't matter to the government bureaucrats how long you have to sit at a stoplight. Because while I agree that stoplights are probably a good thing... Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I also know that they could be run a whole lot better. For instance, there should be a standing rule that if there's nobody coming in the other direction, you should ignore what the stoplight says. If it's 3 in the morning and you're sitting at a red light, you're just wasting precious time for no reason whatsoever. Actually, on private roads, there'd probably be a lot more incentive to have those intelligent lights where you come up to a stoplight and the snow is coming, it, it would immediately turn green for you. Yeah, exactly. There are there's some implementation of that on government roads, but it's certainly not widespread. And again, they don't have the incentive to roll that sort of uh, new technology out. I mean, these guys are just discovering LED lights for their mm-hmm. uh, their stoplights. Um, so the the fact that uh, that we have roads that they, that function, that's good and everything. Because again, if you throw enough money at a problem, the government will get something done eventually. But what sort of cool innovations would we see with travel? If it really were in the hands of the marketplace, where people have to, com- where people businesses would compete with each other to have the the best roads, to have the safest driving conditions, on all of the factors that they should be competing. Instead, we get government's uh, one size fits all solution, which is generally awful. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to think about what the market would could do if if we were given the opportunity. It's it's really mind-boggling to think about it because for for decades, uh, for over a hundred years, we've had the government in charge of roads here in in this country. Who knows what we've missed out on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for the call. Okay, Appreciate thanks. the perspective. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It doesn't take long to sit down and think of just a few cool changes that could be made right now. Oh, and they they make some changes here or there, but it's usually very slowly right. and and it's and it's not efficient. Or very at all. expensive. Oh, of course. We just got this. Uh, one of the big issues here, where we live in Keene, New Hampshire, is this roundabout that they took they took a stoplight out from an intersection, it's a fairly busy intersection, and they spent four point two million dollars. Originally, it was uh, quoted at four hundred thousand dollars. And then they changed it or something yeah. like that, and they uh, they came up with this roundabout plan that was $4.2 million to put in, and they spent almost all of the, the um, s- spring and summer months and working on this. Like nine years planning or something. It wasn't that long. <laughs> it was a long time. So, yeah, eventually they'll get something done at a tremendously high cost, and the question is, is it really going to be that much better than the old stoplight? Now we get to experiment once it's finally over. <laughs> yeah. So if it's if it doesn't work that well, then there's 4.2 million dollars down the drain. And even even if it does work a little bit better, was it really worth the 4.2 million dollars? <laughs> we'll never know because no. we don't have the market there to test it on. So I want to know: three o'clock in the morning, you come to a stoplight. How often do you go through it? 
I've been doing it more so recently. Um, I, I still get scared. <laughs> I well, feel like such a fool sitting there. It's, it's, yeah. There's no one around, and I'm sitting here at a red light, and I, I, I'm torn. I, I've been doing it a little bit more recently, and it's not even necessarily been 3 o'clock in the morning. I, I, there was one time when we went to the store, and we hit all red lights on the way, but there was no one coming the other direction, so we just went. Yeah. And I figured, well, I've actually a little bit inspired, because um, <laughs> one of the, the activists around here has gotten a ticket for a U, an illegal U-turn. It was 2 in the morning, and he pulled a U-E. Um, no one was around, except a cop, of course, and the cop uh, pulled him over for it and gave him a ticket. He went to court. And stood in front of the judge, and we've got video footage of this at freekeen.com. Video footage of him standing in front of the judge and telling the judge that he's morally opposed to extortion. I won't be paying this fine. I'm morally opposed to extortion. The judge looked at him and said, okay, we'll handle this in the normal fashion. You can go. And that's where it, that's where the case is over at this point. Uh, we don't know what's happened. I haven't heard anything from him. He's I'm sure he's going to call me if something happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're you know we're expecting the cops to break in his door or we're expecting them to suspend his license. We don't know what's going to happen. But nonetheless, I figured well you know what's the worst that could happen if you get pulled over for going through a red light? Yeah, people should be pulled over for driving dangerously, not right. for just. Driving, not obeying every single little rule of the road that you must obey. Disobeying a traffic control device isn't necessarily driving dangerously. Right. It should depend on the circumstances. And I love Julia's idea. She's got uh, the idea to replace almost all of the stop signs with uh, yield signs because basically what you have at many intersections is a dominant road and then the side road, right? And the dominant road has stop signs on it. Why? Why not make it so the dominant road can just travel as is, and then the side road has yield signs? So it's up to the discretion of the people coming up on the side road. I love yield signs. I think they're right. great. They make sense. It, it leaves it up to your discretion. But the government thinks we're all a bunch of babies, and we can't make decisions for ourselves, so we've got to be taken care of. In fact, more on the nanny state on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, including, well, virtually anything you come across, including the bulletin board system, over a quarter of a million posts there, and lots more. If you like the site and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. All you have to do is go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is we take that $3 a month in and we turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live to more radio stations to get the message of freedom and liberty out as far and as wide as possible. You get some perks like the uh, amp-only call-in line, amp-only chat room and forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com as we go back to the phones and to Michael in Wisconsin. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello. Hey, guys. What's on your mind, Michael? Oh, I'm just wanted to call and let you know that I am uh, one of those Ron Paul slash uh, 9/11 truthers that are out there right now. Okay. And uh, I do a very careful job at kind of balancing that very delicate. It's a very delicate act. So you uh, you're someone who understands that you can't just uh, get in people's faces and scream at them about conspiracies and and have them even give a damn about what you're saying. The, the, that's my natural inclination, but it, it depends on the audience. Okay. I mean, you know, like just this weekend, we are, um, I live in Wisconsin, and I was at a uh, traditionally democratic, socialist, anti-war protest 
festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you naturally just have to restrain those tendencies. And personally, you know, I listen to Alex Jones every day, and I catch you guys when I can. And, uh, you know, Alex Jones is very much a bulldog. And uh, as such, I've, I've tended to adopt those tendencies, my personal kind of interactions with people. That, that's something I like about him. You're referring to one of the uh, more prominent 9-11 truthers out there. And, and once again, uh, Toby and I, we are not 9-11 truthers, to make it clear to anyone mm-hmm. just tuning in. But the thing I like about Alex Jones is not only is he good at making a video, an entertaining video, but he's also an in-your-face kind of a guy. He's sort of like uh, Michael Moore, but a little bit more, a little bit rougher. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I like it when people, I like it when videographers aren't afraid to confront people and and say what they that, that what they want to say, you know, without any candy coating to politicians and that sort of thing. So I enjoy it when I, I love watching Alex Jones on his bullhorn yelling and that sort of thing. Yeah. I just don't know if it's going to do anything. I don't know if it's going to do anything but sell more videos for Alex Jones as far as, you know, what it is that they're looking for. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you it's a, you know, I, I taught uh, community college for a couple of years and it was about knowing your audience. And uh, if your audience can accept that, then go ahead and do it. But if if it's going to turn them off, then you have to dial it back a couple notches. Right. I think Alex Jones absolutely knows his audience, and he's playing to his audience even when he's out in public with people that don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. Because when he's out on camera yelling through a bullhorn, that's not for the benefit of the people he's yelling at. It's for the benefit of the people that are following the career of Alex Jones and are going to buy his next video. Which, by the way, he deserves credit for putting his videos out for free. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a pretty cool thing. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We put our show out for free, and then we ask for contributions. But Alex does, as I understand it, he does very well with his video sales. He's all, his entertaining videos that he puts yes. out. So I don't believe everything that they say, but oh, uh, no, they but are entertaining. Yes. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, that's, you know, like this last weekend, you know, we were out there supporting Ron Paul, and it was probably a group of seven of us amongst seven, 8,000 Democrats and socialists and Greens. And, uh, you know, they, they were looking at us going, wow, you guys are, are have pretty big cojones for showing up to a group of uh, <laughs> this group and uh, trying to promote a Republican libertarian. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just what the message is about. It's about freedom and not about uh, left or right, you know. And I think it's good that you can compartmentalize and you can you can put aside the other things that, that you're looking to promote and focus in on what it is that uh, that's most important at that time. And mm-hmm. I, I mentioned earlier in this hour that here in uh, New Hampshire, with the Free State Project members that have moved here, there are a number of them that Toby and I, we work side-by-side side with right here in, uh, in the Keene area. Russell Canning and, and his wife, Kat, are, are, are they are also um, believers of the 9/11 conspiracy thing? Uh, uh, some of the best activists, and they are the around. two of the the best, most active civil disobedience activists out there. Of all the times I've been out and about with Cat and Russell, and and you know tooling around with them in their car, they give me rides to places sometimes because we only have one car between Julia and I, and uh, you know they don't try to convert me to the uh, to the the 9/11 truth thing. They're not trying to beat me over the head. In fact, they've never even brought it up. The only time it's ever I've ever heard any of those guys talk about the, these things is maybe online in a forum mm-hmm. or maybe in a large group of people at cert- at a certain gathering. It, that never during any sort of 
instance of activism or outreach or civil disobedience has that ever been an issue and that's good too because if they you know if if the 911 truthers that are also activists started promoting the 911 truth thing I wouldn't be around anymore I'd just go and find something else to do so so by not bringing that up not alienating the people that aren't necessarily on board with them that's uh, it's much more constructive for them as far as uh, other forms of activism are concerned yeah, and I find that I find that out here too quite a bit is that the people that are tuned into Ron Paul more often than not they're also kind of they at least know what the 911 truthers are are trying to you know are discussing um it doesn't come up at all though during our Ron Paul stuff at all but the people you know maybe afterwards when we're having a beer or something you know it might come up so but then it's like oh yeah well you're 911 truth you know you, you you're you're at least thinking about it and then it's just dropped and we kind of continue along another libertarian line of thought well some of them think about it some don't think at all some accept anything that Alex Jones and the rest of them say as you know yeah. the word of truth and I don't think that's uh, that's a very uh, wise thing to do now since we have you on the line Michael what is uh, as as a 911 self-proclaimed 911 truther what is your end game for the 911 truth movement what are you, what would you like to see happen if you could have your fantasy scenario well, you know, even Ron Paul has mentioned um, just, you know, if he was elected president, a uh, economical, really independent investigation into the 9-11 event. And that to me is my end game. It's not necessarily, you know, I don't really care if people think that, you know, bombs are in the building or space beams or whatever. I don't care. You know, I just want a really independent event that's not appointed, you know, mm-hmm. by Bush appointees. Which is what the original investigation was. And the original one was really questionable and just pretty outrageous. And I could totally understand why the 9-11 families were so upset uh, at, uh, at the government in that particular case. And if you can get that, then, then great. Um, you know, will it really make a difference in the long run? Well, you know, really. I mean, you know, I think that if you attack the, the, the 9-11 event and, and if you get a halfway, you know, uh, trustworthy word of truth out in terms of a real investigation, well, then things like Iraq and all these this mil- military interventionism um, is shown to be the farce that it is. Good luck chasing that down. I, 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 that's all I can do is wish you the best. I don't know if you'll ever get anywhere, but uh, the best yeah. of luck, and thank you for the call, Michael. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean, that's something that the families probably deserve to have is, a, is an impartial investigation. Probably the case because mm-hmm. um, you know they 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 were given a bit of short shrift uh, from the the government investigation, but will it ever happen? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it worth me spending my time advocating for? Definitely not. There's bigger fish to fry. Exactly, and that's what we're doing here on a nightly basis on Free Talk Live, frying the fish of the government itself. Not necessarily some of the actions it has taken, but questioning all of the actions that they take. That's what I like to do. Um, but you know, people are going to do what they're going to do, and that's cool. Great. Um, 800-259-9231. Let's go to Mark in Massachusetts. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Oh, hey guys, how's it going? What's on your mind? Oh, first off, I just want to say that like I love your guys' show. Yes, you guys EBV, EBV. What's on your mind? Yeah, well, like, for, like I just have a question to start off. Like, what do the nine eleven truthers be, uh, believe? Oh, geez. Um, it depends on who you ask. I mean, there are some of them that uh, that they just sort of believe that the government was behind it, uh, and then there's others that believe that there are, uh, there are lizard men that are really actually uh, portraying themselves as humans and that they're all running the uh, governments from behind the scenes, these evil lizard men from another galaxy or yeah. something. Make something up, and there's a theory out there about yeah. it. Yeah, because in school today, you know, like me and uh, one of my 
classes got into a discussion about um, like 9/11, and a couple of them thought that it was a conspiracy, and I just couldn't stand it. And I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous with what they're thinking. They're like, "Oh, it's like completely tactical. The government uh, thought of it. Blah blah blah. The government's responsible. It's George Bush's fault." And I'm just completely against that. Right. And the other problem with that line of thinking is it gives the government too much credit. And this is something that, uh, you know, it's hard to bring up with the truthers. But when you look at what the government does or what it attempts to do, it tends to fail at virtually anything that it, that it tries to do. And so you have to wonder, well, if the government's so awful at doing virtually everything, how did it all of a sudden throw off its awfulness and inefficiency and uh, be able to orchestrate this, uh, this amazing occurrence and at the same time manage to keep Every single person that would have had to have been involved in it completely silent and quiet about what the truth is. I mean, the idea that they could possibly pull this off, being the government, is not so. Thanks for the call, Mark. Appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. Now, of course, the conspiracy crowd will say, well, it wasn't the government. It was a secret cabal of people who happened to be involved in the government. Mm-hmm. Whatever. More on the way. Hour three's coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You, as always, can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And uh, we uh, apparently Mark will be joining us at some point tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens. And if so, we will bring you the story we promised you last night about the fast food ban that is being proposed and may actually happen in a uh, section of Los Angeles. We'll tell you more about that on the way, but the phone calls are in, so we go to the phones. And first, talk to Wyatt in California. Wyatt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello. Hi, Ian. Hi, Toby. Hey, what's on your mind, Wyatt? July 2005, New Orleans. As my mom lay dying during Hurricane Katrina, I was thrown in jail in California. Wait a minute. Hurricane Katrina, was that in July? I thought that was in uh, September. It was was in August. Okay. August 1st. Uh, but however, I just uh, had needed to go. Now you threw me off, Ian. Sorry, man. I'm nervous enough as it is. I'm just trying to get the facts straight here, okay? <laughs> okay, I understand. So what happened now? It was in July. The hurricane hadn't hit yet, but your mom was dying. In the... My mom, uh, my mom had called me and said, "Son, you know, I'm dying of stomach cancer. I need you to be here for my surgery." Uh, however, I was going through some family court drama with my son, and some ex parte orders came down. And I told him, look, my mom's dying, my son's fine, I need to get to New Orleans to be with my, I mean, to be with my mom. So I go see my mom, I get back to California, as soon as I get off the plane, they put me in handcuffs and throw me in jail for wow. parental abduction and child kidnapping, and my, and my son had been with me for eight months. It was incredible, the family court Nazis. It's really cool, Ian, I was listening to your podcast yesterday. Wait a minute, wait, 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 they managed to track you down at the airport? Yes. They are That's not, amazing. They have everything. They, I mean, they had the the child abduction unit knew all my information. They knew what flight I was on. I actually, I was sending them faxes from New Orleans showing that I had temporary custody of my son. I was telling them, please, my son is fine. Please let me be with my mom in her final days. Mm. And those bastards still threw me in jail. And wow! It was incredible. Was your they son coming back with you on that flight at that no, time? No, I left him here in California. You oh, know, okay. I, I'm sorry, I missed I, that he, point. He, so 
Um, and it's just uh, it's just really crazy that they, the criminals have more rights than people in family court. Right. They, well, we were reading a story last night from uh, from Great Britain about a man who was jailed for waving to his daughters. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and he yeah. said that there's no public. Uh, these trials aren't public. It's completely uh, very secretive over there. Is it the same way here? Absolutely, the same way here. Uh, the only thing is you can have people come into court with you, you know, to do like do a court watch. I would love if people would do court watches for family court. And as a matter of fact, mm. they are organizing that right now. But after I listened to your podcast yesterday, I went to uh, I listened to an Australian podcast, and they had an interview with this guy. I think his name was Harris, who wrote the book uh, Family Court Hell. That's correct. That's who we were talking about yesterday, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to listen to that and then to, to, uh, to hear what you guys were saying. But I just wanted to share my story with that, that uh, once you go into family court, you understand that criminals have more rights than you do. They can take your children. They can allocate your money through the guise of child support. You have no oversight as to how that money is spent. Right. And it is incredibly insane to try to get back to court to address your issues. It costs tons of money. They basically extort you by using your children as pawns. Right. And, and if you fall back on the payments for whatever reason, you know, things happen oh. in life, then yeah. you're going to be thrown in a jail cell as though you have some chance of making the payments better while you're sitting behind bars. I mean, the exactly. whole system is just just messed up. Yeah, it's, it's done in the name of the, keeping the kids safe and for the children and all, but yeah. usually what it does is end up tearing apart families and oftentimes destroying the children's and the parents' lives. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, wanna, I have one more thing I want to talk about. Certainly. Uh, Tom in New Hampshire, when he calls in. Ian, you really surprised me. I've been listening to your podcast for two years faithfully. But Ian really surprises me that he does not side with Tom. It's you say, well, not all cops are bad. Tom, the, yeah, the guy that advocates killing cops? So why would yes, I side with him? That's once crazy. Once they step outside of the bounds of the Constitution, they are in violation of what they signed up for, to be. You know, you guys say I understand that, but I'm a realist, man. You kill a cop, they're going to kill you. That's not, a, that's not effective activism. Okay, Ian, when you say good cops, I hear good Nazis. Because my whole experience with, 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 with cops is they lie. They are, they're evil, well, I understand. they're ugly, and they just want to throw you in jail. I understand. When you get pulled over, there's a good chance you're going to deal with a lying, scummy cop. But on the other hand, I haven't had all those that. experiences. Uh, Mark and I sat down with a, a very friendly New Hampshire police officer who happens to be a listener and supporter of this show. And uh, he's kind of like our man on the inside, giving us the, mm -hmm. the, the scoop, telling us things like, you know, the, c correcting misconceptions. A lot of people think that you have to show ID to the cops, and at least in this State, it's not required unless you're driving a car. If a cop approaches you on the street, you don't have to even tell them who you are here in New Hampshire. He told us that, gave us that information. We had an hour-and-a-half-long conversation with the guy. Hell of a good guy and somebody who is working on the inside to change things. If uh, if it were to turn out that Tom in New Hampshire were to accidentally bump or to bump that guy off, I would be livid. Yeah, but Ian, he's on the inside. He's like a Nazi on the inside. It's like, look, you don't, you, you can't do no, it. He's, from the he's not a Nazi. Very clearly not a Nazi. We sat down with the guy and uh, and had a uh, okay, lengthy Ian, discussion if he has with a him. Badge, he's a Nazi. Sorry, right. I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I think that uh, that there's plenty of cops out there that 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 use their discretion. We talked about it earlier tonight with the cops letting kids off for uh, with alcohol to just dump out dump out the alcohol, let them move on or whatever. Where they could have taken them to a jail cell. There are plenty of cops that are out there like that. Of course, they're unsung because they have to keep that sort of thing quiet. They can't go out and yeah. say, "Well, I let kids go." They can't well, do that sort of thing. Therein lies the problem. They're in an, they're in a, an institution that makes them have to, to, to behave that way. 
And I, I just I, I really have no respect for anyone who's a government official. Well, I really okay, I, and I see where you're coming from. Uh, I see where you're coming from on that, Wyatt. But you have to understand that there are you know there's different roles for everybody in this liberty movement. Yeah. You and I couldn't fathom becoming bureaucrats. Um, I would never become a bureaucrat. I couldn't imagine how awful of a of a lifestyle or a job that that would be. But some people, they feel it is their mission to to work on the inside. To you know, if there is, they they see it as if there is going to be a system, maybe I can make it just a little bit better by being inside it. I don't agree and with the philosophy. How many years have but, they been saying that? How many years have people gone in and tried to do that? It's not working. I, I really, I really think if, if things don't change in the next four or five years, is it time to start shooting the bastards? And I'm not talking about cops. You know, they they have the politician, the saying about politicians. You know, you can't love them, but you can't shoot the bastards. Well, we were actually like talking about that off the air. Not seriously. I'm not advocating no, this. Me but I mean, but wouldn't it make more sense? I mean, as far as what Tom is saying, that he wants to go after the cops. Wouldn't it make more sense to, if you're going to use threats or you're going to use violence, to threaten the politicians, you know, and say, yeah. hey, if you don't repeal this smoking ban, then, you know, little Fluffy might show up dead on your doorstep within the next, uh, you know, next few months. Right. The politicians I, I are the ones who I, give I, the I cops really the power. I mean, they, I they write the angry, laws. But I, I agree with you as far as peaceful demonstrating. I really appreciate what David in New Hampshire, I saw his video on YouTube when that cop approached him about open carry. Right. Uh, I, I really, th- those guys really have it together, and that's going to make a difference. Really well, and does. we are making a difference, which is why we don't have to go through the, to the, uh, the, uh, the choice of violence. I think you're right. I think there is a line that at some point, it, there, there's a line in the sand somewhere, and nobody knows exactly where it is. It's different for every individual, but there is a line in the sand that eventually, as the government continues to become more oppressive and more intrusive, that government will cross that line, and then we will get to that point of a violent revolution. But I want to do everything in my power to to avoid crossing that line. I want to turn this around before that line gets crossed, and advocating that that line has already been crossed and that we should be going out and bumping people off at this point in the game, I think is, is it's wrong. It's, uh, it's not something that I want to personally be associated with. I've seen the nonviolent revolution in action. I've seen people like Russell Canning and Lauren Canario resisting yeah. without violence, and I've seen how effective it is on these cops. You can call them all the names you want to, but the, you know the fact is these are still people. Many of them have been brainwashed by the system, but it's not impossible to turn them around. And yeah. if you give them what they're looking for, they want you to be violent, so they have an excuse to be violent back on you. Don't stoop to their level, and don't give the, don't make don't make yourself out to be what they want you to be yeah, be something right. they've never seen before give them yeah. non-cooperation make them question their beliefs make them wonder what in the hell is going on when they're having to lift up a Lauren Canario who refuses yeah. to move voluntarily they have to physically lift her from point A to point B these are things they've never had to deal with before and you know it's got to get them thinking on their way home at night yep. thanks for Absolutely. the call man we appreciate it 800-259-9231 it's just not time, and I don't think we're even close to that time. I hope we never get to that time. We've got a lot of options to exhaust, and they're working. All we need to do is get more people in the same place to work those nonviolent solutions, and that's what the Free State Project is all about. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo right there at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than 10 minutes. It's great for someone who's new to liberty. Or maybe you just need a refresher. Go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. That's libertyradiounderground.com as Mr. Mark joins us here. Um, I am here. Two and a half hours late almost. But, well, uh, what are you going to do? You had, had to, you had to stand in front of some bureaucrats tonight, right? I, I actually stood behind them. Okay. It's a, it's a small town, so it was a small room, and um, they're all just uh, sort of gathered about a table, and um, you, you go there and... Do your obeisance. What is uh, this? Is this now? Since it's a small town, is it just? Do they have planning boards and that sort of thing, or is just this, this was the, in fact, si- the town council? This, this was the, the planning board, yes. So they even actually have boards in small towns. Like mm-hmm. Okay. And what were you trying to get them to do? If you can, can you tell us about that? I was trying to get uh, a site plan approval. I first had to uh, get uh, some a variance for the zoning because in, I wanted to build a house in what they've deemed as a commercial area. Okay. And um, although there's no businesses really within a few <laughs> lots at least, um, and you know, so I had to get a variance there, and then uh, I had to get uh, the site plan, which they essentially wanted this uh, big drawing of a map, uh, you know, of, of the area, and this is where I proposed to put a house, this is where I uh, proposed to put the uh, septic, that kind of thing. So you'd already had the plan drawn up, or was this the you were showing them the plan that you'd had drawn up? Was I, that what I you were had doing? the plan drawn up. Um, the last time I went, I, I sort of just told them the things I wanted to do, and, and that wasn't, wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough, right. Um, so this time I had to, uh, I hired somebody for uh, a, a, an exorbitant amount of money to go out there and measure things. And Didn't you get a break, though? Wasn't it going to be like five grand? And it was going to be five grand. Five grand, and I paid it 1800 Oh, wow. Still pretty pricey. Yeah, it's pretty pricey for, for a large piece of paper. Right. Yes. They drew a picture for you. Yes. Thanks for the <laughs> <laughs> But I am hoping that that picture, if I frame it and put it on the wall in the house, will increase the property value. People do. <laughs> People like to know the history of things. If you, can, yeah, uh, there you go. if you can document an antique, it brings up the value. So I'm thinking if I can document the house... So did they if get only you? Elvis had lived there. Were they uh, were they okay with you this time? Or yeah, yeah, they um they they were they they'd found a few things wrong with the little drawing. They didn't particularly like, but mm. uh, they we managed to squeak through and got uh, got uh, approval. Oh, good for you. Well, well we're not done. No. Oh, what's next? And <laughs> uh, I now have site plan approval. I have to get uh, state approval of my septic plan. And the I have state government has to approve septic tanks. There might be poo washing all over the place, Ian. That would be bad. Jeez. You might you might be doing like our ancestors di- did and and dig a hole in the ground and and use the bathroom there. God knows. Now, uh, do you actually have to appear like for the this dog one? Or does, by the way, is this something you can uh, fill out and send in to some bureaucracy? I don't know. I, I, every time I get uh, somebody's opinion on how easy it's going to be to uh, <laughs> do one of these things, it's not. Right. Um, not one of these uh, meetings. Oh, one of them did actually take only one meeting, but uh, so far, not one of these has gone perfectly. Um, Amazing. Uh, and then uh, I have to get a building permit, so they they have to make sure that everything's up to code, and all those other things. So it's, right. we're we're not done, but at this this point, I can now buy the property with uh, the belief belief strong belief that I will in fact be able to live on it. 
this is amazing. I mean, you've been looking at this for, I mean, you've been in this process for quite a while at this point. I mean, in a free country, shouldn't you be able to just buy some land and build Build something on it? Uh, Especially if that land is 11 acres. (laughs) I mean, and I want to build in the middle of it. It's not like I'm going to be anywhere near anyone else's property at all. So if the septic tank leaks, no big deal. I guess. I mean, right. the septic tank's going to be brand new, sure. made out of uh, the, the newest plastics, 1,500 yeah. gallons or something like that. Yeah, I'm, l- I'm looking into building a house as well, and they say, I'm told, the biggest, the thing that takes the longest is <laughs> jumping through the hoops and yep. getting the pr- Absolutely. approval. The building is nothing compared the, the, to The that. problem with this is I intended to uh, start building, you know, I made an offer on the land, I believe it was in May or June. Mm-hmm. Uh, I intended to start building in July. Well, it's September now. Yeah, you're done. And this is New Hampshire. Yeah, it could very, I, I could very It'll well be not year. be uh, able to live on the house or be, even begin building. Until, yeah, you might be able to clear the land a little bit or something. I'm hoping but, that I can get, uh, if I can clear the land, dig the holes, get the septic put in, get the concrete poured, that be a good start. I should be okay. Yeah. I, I might be able to pull it off and be be in there by Christmas. It has to be. It just has to be frustrating. It's I mean, very frustrating. Oh, it's for your own good. What would you do if you didn't have that piece of paper? Well, it's not me. What about all the other people? We might have to live around bad people or something if we didn't have zoning. You're going to increase the population by 10% just by moving here. (laughs) It's not quite 10%. But I think that um, I'm I'm certain that one of their main concerns is with people moving in, that they just don't want people to move into this community. And uh, one of their main concerns is that, well, if you move in, you might bring a child with you. And if you bring a child... We're going to have to pay, all of us are going to have to pay to educate that child. They wanted to, like the government's created a problem, which is public schools, right. and then they try to use zoning to solve their problem by oh, keeping geez. people out. What Why a mess. not just make the people with kids pay for their own damn schooling, and then you can let anyone live anywhere they want. I'm with you, man. 800-259-9231. Hopefully we'll be able to get rid of these pesky zoning boards. In fact, uh, Julia, my girlfriend, is running for office here in mm-hmm. Keene, New Hampshire. She's running for city council. And they, of course, she's starting to get the, when you run for office, you get questionnaires from, like, the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, the city themselves are going to put uh, voter information on their site. So the city sent a questionnaire out. I don't have it in front of me, but one of the questions was, you know, what will you do to improve, or, you know, what do you think should be done to improve the economy here in Keene? And it seems like an easy answer. Get the government the hell out of it. Abolish the zoning board and the planning board, and the economy will get a lot better right quick. Because you won't have all these bureaucrats overseeing every single business decision as far as building is concerned and uh, and progress is concerned that they currently are. Absolutely. Um, all these – I understand what people's concerns are, but most of them are unwarranted. For instance, in Houston, the 10th metro in the United – in the top 10, might be the 8th metro in the United States, there is no zoning. Somehow or another, they managed to make it in Houston, and no one's built a pig farm next right. to someone else's house or a, you know, an oil derrick or something like that. <laughs> this is what people's concerns are. My God, what would happen if there wasn't any zoning? You People would have industrial sites next to people's houses and stuff, and people do live next to industrial sites. It happens. So what? Oh, here's another one of my favorites. Here's the one from the uh, the local newspaper. How would you guide commercial and residential development in Keene? Um, I wouldn't it. guide it. It's not my <laughs> job to tell people how they should run their lives and their businesses. Um, it is not. It should not be that the role of government to guide anybody. It needs to be a little more grandiose than that. I believe that the market can guide um, businesses in their own development. I think that uh, 
customers coming into a business, uh, you know, spending where customers want to spend their money, you know, that kind of thing. You need to flower it up a little bit rather oh, than yeah. this is a stupid question. Oh. I don't think politicians should be involved. No, I wasn't. I wasn't promoting my. That was not my answer. Know, that was I'm just that my. In, that was what I thought when I read that question. I mean, how presumptive. And mm-hmm. uh, it'd be interesting to see what the other politicians will say. Well, I think that we should tweak this here, and we should uh, create new rules over here, and no signs bigger than ten feet wide. Preserve but, the historic. Uh, yeah. You know, architecture right. of uh, Keene, New Hampshire, the Nonsense. whole thing. Nonsense. Yeah. Yep. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Josh in Texas wants to talk about public schools or government schools. Uh, Doug and Tom, your calls as well. Ladies first, if you make the call, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And that is freetalklive.com. And some of those features include archives and entire year's worth of the show, front page of the site. You download them at your convenience. freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Let's go to the phones. To the fun, Josh in Texas. You're on the amplifier line on Free Talk Live. Hey, Josh. Hey, um, I'm 13 and 8th grade right now, and so I, I get a good insight on how public school has a lot of propaganda in it. Hold on one second. You're 13 years old and you're a Free Talk Live amplifier. How awesome is that? What did you, how did you get the... Uh, do you have your own PayPal account or how did you get yes. the... Wow. I have my own PayPal. That is way cool. I'm sorry. That's just pretty cool to me. Go ahead yeah, with, your, I, I, yeah. with um, your point. So you're in government school, you said? Yes. Okay. And my my history teacher, well, it's 9-11 and we did a lot of stuff in school about that. And mm-hmm. So... Uh, he asked us the question, what do you think caused 9-11, and what do you think we should do to stop that sort of stuff from happening? And so uh, we, after we wrote about it, we talked about it, and he was uh, saying that there, there's nothing more than the terrorists would like to do than see you and your family die, and the the terrorists hate American Americans and their freedom. Oh, geez. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily hate the guy. He, uh, he's a lot more open-minded than a lot of teachers I've had, mm-hmm. but um, but he, he seems as he's been, he's been uh, brainwashed as well. Sure. So, and I I told him uh, basically what you said about I don't know three episodes ago about um, Obama uh, Osama's speech and or whatever he's talking about. Right, where, where and, Osama bin Laden points out, makes yeah. it very clear, as he's done in several of his speeches, that it has nothing to do with hating freedom. If he hated freedom, he'd be attacking Sweden, for instance. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with Christians, because if he hated Christians, he'd be attacking Egypt, where there are plenty of Christians. So he point, made it very clear that it's uh, it's really just all about the occupation of uh, of their homeland. Uh, yes, more than anything. And I, I talked about that, and I, I think I've... Uh, I've maybe changed his mind a little bit. Really? Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you, it's it's relatively easy. If they're after us for our uh, Coca-Cola and Britney Spears and all the other great freedoms that we enjoy. By the way, I saw Britney Spears uh, performing the other night. Not a freedom yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's not <laughs> one of the great things about the country anymore. They've taken her away. <laughs> She's had two kids, and uh, she shouldn't be running around in her underpants anymore. Oh, my. The, um, anyhow, if if that's the reason, then it's simple. Let's just get out of their land, and we'll see whether or not, if they keep on attacking us, then we'll know for sure. Well, then, of course, you're going to get the I'd rather fight them over there than over here yeah. argument, but... I don't know if that's necessarily true. What about th- logistics? Right. I don't think it's necessarily true that um, fighting them over there has stopped anything from happening over here. I don't see any if, any indication that that's if, true. If they wanted to do terrorism here, they'd be doing it. Because it can't be that hard to find people willing to do awful things. What they what they want to do is they want to run us out of uh, Iraq so that they can have the opportunity to take over that government. I don't doubt that for a second. Mm. So what? If yep. we wouldn't have uh, knocked over their government in the first place, there wouldn't be a void to uh, for them to fill. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel any obligation as a taxpayer to fill that void. Now, Josh, you're saying that you feel like you made a little bit of headway with this particular teacher, right? Yes. Now that's that's good. Uh, but how do you feel the the class took it? How do you feel your other uh, your fellow students received um, what you were saying? Well, uh, I've, I have a lot of friends that I've talked to about it, and they're, they're kind of like, "Oh yeah, that that makes a lot of sense." I mean, government can't do anything right, so why do, why do we need a government doing all this? And so, so that's what I, kids I are saying these days, that the government can't do anything right? Because I remember when I was in school, socialism was big. People really, you know, had, had a strong belief the government could do things. Maybe the, only it's Josh's friends that are saying well, those things. Well, yeah, there, there are some, some people that would, uh, well, I, I've, there's a lot of my friends that I've, I've talked to about what the government has done and all that. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they they understand more. I don't. I don't. I, I know a few people that would completely disagree with me. America's sure. the best country. We can't. We shouldn't have people uh, talking bad about it. I think America's a great country. It's just that uh, our, the leaders have hijacked uh, our foreign policy. Not my leaders. Well, the people, people that are in charge. Yeah. So I think it's great. How does it feel? I mean, to be 13 years old and coming across this information, the uh, the information about liberty and freedom, and and actually having some success already in spreading the ideas to your friends. Is that how does that feel for you? Well, it feels good. I mean, I I, th- I think I'm uh, making progress kind of in my school. Like I I probably maybe converted. Well, that that one teacher, if that counts as anything, mm. and. Uh, I've maybe eight friends that I've talked to about, and they're starting to understand. Have you caught and, the attention of the administration at all? Because I used to know somebody that uh, was in high school, and he was handing out the world's smallest political quiz, and he actually got called into the principal's office and harangued for it. Um, has any has you gotten any negative uh, attention? Uh, not really, but I I think there are some uh, some teachers in administration that kind of look at me and they're like, this kid, uh, not really sure about him. Yeah, the system hasn't worked on this one. Get him out of here. Yeah, I, I have had a lot of uh, runs with teacher disagreeing with them, and mm-hmm. they're telling me I'm disrespecting them. <laughs> yeah, by disagreeing, you're disrespecting, yeah. apparently, huh? Yeah, so, so I've, I've got suspended a lot for well, that. Well, you know what? Keep absorbing the information, and, uh, and and don't hesitate to share it with your friends and in class. And if you know the teacher's saying something that's wrong, obviously you've already started to do this. Keep it up and, and ca- contradict them. Have a discussion about it, and you never know whose mind you might uh, you might have an effect on, whose mind you might change or or help drive in that direction. Any other thoughts for us, Josh? 
I, I've also uh, given the smallest, world's smallest political quiz to uh, some of my friends, and it turns out about 70% of them uh, turn up as libertarian or libertarian liberal. That's fantastic. Yeah. Keep up the good work, Josh. We really appreciate it. And keep uh, reporting in with your stories. I love hearing stories from the insides of the uh, government indoctrination camps. Thanks, dude. Have a great night. 800-259-9231. The young generation really gives me a lot of hope. I think uh, young people are starting to question authority and question the government and the freedom messages resonating well with a lot of them. The government's only going to get bigger over time um, until we do something about it, until we take steps to uh, make that change. And so, therefore, the government's getting more and more in people's lives because it can't get bigger without being involved in your life. That's what it does. It governs. Um, And as it gets more in people's lives, they can see, wow, this isn't a group of incompetent people that screw up everything that they do. And And it's not because they're incompetent. It's because they're not motivated. They're simply not motivated. If you're put in to um, do a job and and you're not incentivized, if you're just going to be compensated no matter what, you can't be fired, and, uh, you know, it's your job to say no to people and all those kind of things, yeah, of course you're not going to be, you know, very – it's not going to be productive to have you around. Well, not only can these young people see what's going on, but they can also very explicitly see, like, via YouTube and that sort of thing. We're talking about a generation that's growing up on YouTube. We're talking about, you know, when uh, Toby and I were in school, or and, or you, Mark, there was no such, there wasn't a YouTube around. Uh, the, these, these are new, relatively new technologies that are really powerful that allow the little people like us to leverage the power of the Internet in order to, uh, to spread out a video. For instance, uh, there was a video of some skaters, some kids, probably 13, about about Josh's age, that were being attacked by a police officer. Uh, one of them put a little girl in a chokehold, for instance, and that has, I just saw it today, for the second time, someone sent me a link to it, it has over 2 million views right now. So these, 2 million people have seen that video. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So people like Josh, these young people are growing up with this uh, level of connection that is absolutely unprecedented. So ideas that are powerful, like the ones that we're talking about, liberty oriented ideas are going to spread all that much faster amongst the young people and information um i was uh, today i was just contemplating how the internet had changed information and the transference if i had wanted to find in 1986 when i was in high school a city in the united states that didn't have zoning i'd have to wander around and ask people over a series of weeks or months Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't i wouldn't even know how to find that right maybe the encyclopedia might i might look under zoning laws perhaps they would mention houston as a uh, metro that didn't have it i wouldn't be able to get that kind of information and now it's at your fingertips within seconds more on the way this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. All kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise, everything from hats to T-shirts to hoodies and uh, even stuff that isn't branded with our logo that we just thought was pretty cool. Head over to store.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done at store.freetalklive.com as we go right to the phones because uh, I, I would like to keep talking about how the technology is changing and the kids are connecting but people are on the line so we're going to Doug in Virginia Doug you're on Free Talk Live with the Toby and Mark hello hey hey what's on your mind I think my uh, phone's getting weak here okay uh, we can hear you fine Doug so go ahead okay 
I just wanted to mention that a lot of the uh, 9-11 truth, Alex Jones, for instance, is, is a 9-11 truther, but he is also a very strong freedom fighter for uh, and a constitutionalist uh, and trying to get people to see this uh, left-right paradigm paradigm is uh not I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever disparaged Alex Jones on this show. I I've tried to separate myself and this show from the truthers. This is not a truther show. We don't talk about truther stuff. If the truthers call in, we'll debate with them. We'll, you know, we'll have we'll hash it out with them. But as far as Alex Jones is concerned, um I've always said that I like uh his police state reporting. He is he is the man to go to as far as uh, you know prisonplanet.com. Uh, they is it's a great site to go and look at uh, a lot of the police state stories, a lot of the uh, the stories where the police are just you know ruining people's lives and uh, overreaching. And, and we've defended Alex Jones on a uh, on a couple of occasions when people have come out to attack him. Right. So there's no hatred and, towards Alex Jones. I just think he's a little misguided with his whole 9/11 truth thing, and that's just I just opinion. don't think it matters. Yeah. Much. Right. So there you go. Well, I, th- I think uh, uh, that uh, discovering the truth or being able to get an honest commission to really d- uh, determine what did happen on 9/11 uh, could open a lot of a lot of uh, avenues to maybe realize what our whole government is up to and what they're doing. I think a lot of people would. Um, I-, I think that there are people that have found out about the liberty movement through the truth movement, and I think that's fine. And I think that a great show to go to that for is Alex Jones. I think that a, um, but there's also people that are in the liberty movement that are turned off by the truth method, truth message, and many people that have found liberty without ever hearing the truth message. And I think that we need different avenues um, to make every avenue to liberty a um, 9/11 truth avenue is is uh, foolish. I think it won't work. Yeah, just uh, I, I won't. I don't want to be around that personally. People start p- spouting off their truthisms. I'll go somewhere else, and I'll take my activism somewhere. Right. Else. I, I sincerely hope that uh, no truthers feel like we're attacking them. It's just not a truth show, and I'm not sure that I believe all their claims. There you go, David. Any other thoughts? Well, I'm. Doug, I, have, I I have to say I'm a 9/11 truther, but I believe we that the uh, story goes a lot deeper than that. How deep? I think there's a lot more involved. Oh, I'm uh, very upset with the government's intrusion on, on our liberties, mm-hmm. uh, especially when what's happening is the corporations have took over the government. Yes, I would agree with you. And, uh, it, it works both ways. I mean, uh, And governments are uh, in bed with corporations, but uh, right. the corporations have the monetary um, drive and the, gov- uh, you know, the government bureaucrats have the power drive. Right. See, that's not conspiracy theory, though. Now you're into the world of the of reality, where uh, it's very clear and very concrete that uh, corporations and government work hand in hand to scratch each other's back and to, in, you know, encourage uh, more power to be drawn to uh, to both entities. It's uh, it's fascism, and that's what's happening today. And I don't know if that's necessarily deeper. I don't think that's deep at all. I, I think, think that's, that's out. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty obvious and in your face. It's corporate fascism is what it is. That's that's exactly that. The definition of fascism is uh, is you know essentially the government favoring corporations. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm bouncing and, around on whether it's called fascism, mercantilism, mercantilism or cor- corporatism. corporatism yeah. I'm not sure which which one you call it. I know that I don't like. There's it. some subtle differences there. Hey, Doug, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. 
Uh, yeah, first of all, what uh, I've heard about there being no zoning in Houston, and then I, I clicked a few keys on the Internet, and some stuff is coming up about how, oh, they don't have zoning. They have land use regulations instead, and those are just as bad or worse. Really? So I'm not, I, I've read an article about that recent, um, you know, that's not too old, um, that it basically said they were zoning-free. I wonder if it's uh, just a uh, bunch of propaganda. Maybe they've changed. Maybe they've changed the system there, but also we do know that there are other incorporated areas within the city of Houston that definitely do have uh, zoning and, and land use control. So, is it possible you were looking at a site that was for a, 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 a like a sub zone of the city? No, uh, but the, <laughs> the, thing I, the other thing I want to get at here before uh, we run out of time is that uh, there's a lot of violent racist cops. And uh, they get their racism, uh, I think, when they were growing up. I think a lot of children grow up learning racism from yes. their parents. And, uh, you know, the violence, they, they learn that on the job. But we definitely don't want to stoop to their level. So I, I think that it's important for parents uh, to teach their children to reject all kinds of uh, prejudice and to hate all cops equally without regard for race color, sex, religion, nationality, age, ancestry, marital status, or physical or mental handicap. They're all the enemy. <laughs> well, I guess you're I, not being prejudiced against who you hate. I, I, Tom's, Tom's a good, <laughs> equal man. He just doesn't, doesn't want to... Uh... I respectfully disagree, Tom, and thank you for the call. In fact, we hashed this out earlier with, before you arrived, Mark, with someone else who was saying that, you know, all cops are Nazis, all cops are bad, and that's, that's just not the case. I mean... You know, we know I, one personally that's a good guy. Yep, I, I've uh, found the liberty movement through law enforcement officers. Um, yep. You know, I, I, I would not have heard about these things originally if it hadn't have been for law enforcement officers. You'd be I surprised. think that there's a lot of people in right. law enforcement are very interested in the liberty movement. You would be surprised exactly how many cops, for instance, score very high in the libertarian quadrant on the world's smallest political quiz. It's just that there's only so much they can do within the parameters of their job. Right. They, sure. Maybe, they, maybe they're inside the system. Maybe they sit on their hands sometimes when um, you feel like they shouldn't sit on their hands. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you rather have a bunch of libertarian cops inside the system than all authoritarian cops? I know I would. Me too. 1-800-259-9231. Charlie Reese at LewRockwell.com says, More and more Americans, especially urban do-gooders, want to hold the fast food thing till tomorrow night, are becoming enemies of freedom. Have you ever thought about what freedom is? It's simply the freedom to make your own decisions without outside interference. If you choose to smoke, drink, and gamble, you should be free to do so. And if you can't do those things, you aren't free. I confess, I have very old-fashioned values, says Charlie. I believe the government's sole duties are to guard the coast, deliver the mail, and protect us from violence and fraud. It's not the duty of government to protect us from large restaurant servings, trans fats, saturated fats, tobacco smoke, and books and magazines the prudish disapprove of. It's not the duty of the government to make sure that parenting is easy, that no one ever offends us, and that our eyes never see a liquor ad or a Confederate flag. It's not the duty of the government to tell me what I must eat, drink, smoke, or chew. It's not the duty of the government to tell me how to rear my children. Personal health and personal safety are personal responsibilities, and the government should butt out. It's okay with me if the government wishes to come pick up the body of a would-be burglar, but when someone attempts to invade <laughs> my home, I consider it my personal responsibility to stop him. I consider that it's you my... You better consider it your personal responsibility, because if you don't, the police... Certainly aren't going to consider it their responsibility. Nope. Um, Courts have ruled over and over right, again. Right. The Supreme not. Court has ruled that the, the cops don't have any obligation to protect you. Now, 
is that to say that I don't think that there are some good, uh, you know, strong law enforcement officers that if they had the opportunity would throw themselves sure in would. front of a bullet for you? Sure they would. Absolutely they would. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be standing by your, um, uh, hiding in your bushes for when a uh, burglar comes so no. they can run in. Dun, dun, dun. He uh, says, they're not. It's distressing how easily Americans are accepting the nanny state, which is tyranny, pure and simple. An oligarchy of do-gooders who are going to force you to live the way they think you should live is tyranny. That's why the holy concept of limited government is so important. Once you allow government to encroach on your personal life in the name of doing what's good for you, you're on the slippery slope that leads to slavery. I don't understand how Americans can buy the blather that our armed forces are dying for freedom in Iraq, while the same Americans turn their backs on freedom at home. Just because you disapprove of how someone lives doesn't give you the right to control his or her life. Only if the person attempts to harm or defraud you can you interfere in his or her life, and only then to the extent of preventing the harm or the fraud. Or having them pay it back if it's already been done. I thank God I was born with Celtic blood and am generally addicted to freedom. I've always despised being told what What's to do. What does Celtic blood have to do with that? By anybody. I don't know. He believes it. Braveheart. Uh, and I always exactly. resist it. The very notion of molding my life according to someone else's rules and regulations is an anathema. I started working when I was 11 years old, and it never, ever occurred to me to ask the government if I could work. That was between me and my employer. It was, as far as I was concerned, none of the government's business if I worked, under what conditions I worked, and how long I worked, or how much I was paid for my work. The only person I ever consulted was my father. I learned a lot from all of my employers, including how to look out for myself, working around machinery, and lifting heavy objects. There again, I considered personal safety my responsibility. I didn't need the government to regulate the workplace. I simply surveyed the hazards and took appropriate actions. Americans had better wake up and start taking responsibility for their own lives, or they're going to end up slaves to a despicable, incompetent bureaucracy. It has been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.